welcome to Accounting for the Now, a podcast that brings you real success stories and insights from New Zealand's most successful accountants and industry-leading bookkeepers on how to take your accounting business to the next level. I'm your host, Ryan J. Melton from One Plan for Retirement, and I'm here to ensure you don't run out of money before you run out of life. I'll introduce you and we'll pick <laughs> um, All right, well, we feel, I feel very fortunate to have Peter Sumich. Hopefully, Sumich. 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 Peter Sumich. So you're from Best Tax and you've also got um, a non-profit organization called Biz One and it's really about helping small to medium business owners with automation and, and making sure that they're doing everything right because there's a, quite a high failure rate for that for a lot of businesses. Yeah, I've been pretty passionate about um, helping the small guys uh, for about the last 30 years. Oh, that all? Yeah, yeah. you got another 30 in you, surely? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> I think so, eh? because, um, you know, I, I believe in um, research backing up what your sort of theories are, and I've had a lot of time in academia as well as in, in as a practitioner. And it's absolutely key that, um, you know, when you're looking and seeing small businesses struggle or fail mm. you know there's some quite simple uh, areas that you can sort of help them out and understanding and relationships is uh, these days absolutely key yeah, yeah. good call it's also um, good to get some context in the background because i know you've um, done quite a lot of study as well and had some interesting stories traveling well what actually how how did it all start did you come out of school and you're like oh yeah i'm going to be an accountant or well actually yeah mm-hmm. the the hardest thing was I, would, I did my BCom and I thought, here, I'm going to be an accountant. And I went off to one of the big fours while I got interviews. And they said, oh, you're on 26 grand a year. And back in those days, I said, well, that, that's not what I went to university for. Did, I could have earned more money, mm. um, you know, wheeling and dealing at the university um, instead of that. So I went back and did a master's in um, management science and looked into information systems quite strongly. And then I found that, you know, there was, this is 30 years ago. Mm. So I found there was close links. And um, so I did my master's uh, in actually achieving world-class service and using systems to help you achieve that world-class service. That's interesting. What would they, what would they teach you in that course? Well, what it, what it was, was there's pretty much three, three areas that you had to focus on. Uh, the first was your people. And and to be able to achieve what they call a f- within the framework of world-class service, your people had to be buying into the vision. Mm. And that the second was your systems. And the systems are there to support the people, whether it be accounting systems or c- CRM systems or, or even just procedures you do. You've got to let them flow and make them work. Yeah, and then the the third part was all about the strategy and how you're going to do it. And, um, you know, one part is having a plan, Mm. but putting it into action is the harder part, you know. And so I went out to about um, 17,000 service organizations to try and pinpoint this and did all this... uh, uh, correlations and quantitative analysis and how would you do that 30 years ago pre-internet well it was i was um i was quite lucky that uh 
internet had just been coming about and the universities were all into it. Uh, I did mine by fax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so imagine faxing 17,000 organisations in this database. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was part of, part of the craziness. But we did have the basics of internet coming on board then. All right. And, um, and also, too, is I then did a big case study on Rambo's End. Rambo's End was in receivership. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the guy, Barnes, who brought it out, he brought it for a mill and he wanted to sell it for 10 mil in three years' time. So we went through and implemented what our theories were in, mm. in achieving world-class service in one of our little fun, fun, fun theme parks, yeah. Wow, and uh, they obviously achieved that. Over well, he did, yeah. He saw he did exactly what he wanted to do, and he made 10 mil. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got paid as sort of students, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah little right. peanuts. <laughs> I think there be, seems to be a consistent theme of you feeling uh, disheartened by the, the, I guess, the remuneration that you were potentially offered. In your... I think it was the journey that was really cool, okay. you know, and the learning. So academia and then, yeah, I was doing a bit of teaching and then designing uh, workshops with uh, Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand and quite heavily involved for the last 20 years in um, whether I've been a practitioner in industry or, or um, in academia, designing programs that would um, really just get... Um, small businesses and people that want to go into business the knowledge about all the cross-functional areas and understanding just a little bit more than just either accounting or a little bit more than sales and a little bit more than um, design or manufacturing or whatever mm. you know so pretty important that um, that you can sort of see the big picture as well as the detail ah so important i mean and, and i think that's a landscape where accountants need to touch on and where they need to go is more of that holistic viewpoint. Yeah, so 2003, I was Young Chartered Accountant of the Year. And I... Um, How do you win that? What is that? Well, you get go through um, immense amounts of interviews and they say, give us your CVs of what you've done in your past and you've got to say, this is what I've done, this is what I've done, this is what I've done. Then they they go, you know, all the panelists, a bit like Dragon's Den, they go and pick <laughs> you, pick you up from the regional side into the the uh, national side and then you yeah do you have to debate or something and they challenge you the counting topics or they just they ask you a lot of tough questions okay um but there's no exam it's more of an interviewing and uh and to actually you know just say well this person who was less than 35 mm. did some pretty cool stuff yeah you know? and yeah i was quite lucky i was working in multinationals then so i had other unlimited budget <laughs> and uh, we were in property development and hotels then so i was um 2003 were you in there during 2008 yeah no oh, that God. was one of the big um one of the big jobs that i did was the old y2k yeah um, oh, so yeah. The, the millennium <laughs> upgrade of all of our financial systems throughout 30 hotels and uh and and uh, 306 property developments around the country and Jeez. australia as well that, like that's still bizarre to me yeah i remember y2k just like the fact that it was going to go to zero and they thought all the machines were... can you did you understand that i still don't well yeah no I, it was all because of dates right yeah and um and how they set up all the computers just to 
to handle and when that date switched over all of a sudden zero one because they were if they were only in a two date format all of a sudden is that 1901 or is that 2001 or is that 1900 or 2000 <laughs> and they predicted all of this stuff crashing and all that but uh, the next day we woke up and uh, the world was still <laughs> turning around and the sun came up. Yeah, who knew? Eh? <laughs> who knew? Wow, yeah. no, I remember the Armageddon. It seems the, the it's just is the world getting worse or is there just more newspapers? Yeah, sort of well, it's how you handle information, and that's still the principle right now, isn't it? You know, information is becoming more valuable, but it's it's more and more information. So often you can get an information overload. Yes, no, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's the new challenge now is information's accessible anytime you want, but what's good information and do you have time? Like even there's how many books can you read in your lifetime and are you going to spend a week trying to learn one that might not be valuable? That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and really, I guess it's about funneling that down, you know, and just using the, the good stuff, mm. um, taking simple messages and forming your own views. Yeah. Good call. And, and talking with people. Yeah. You know, um, because, you know, you might say, go off on one tangent and say, oh, I heard this, and then, oh, I heard this, and I heard this. And then you sort of form your opinions and, you know, of what's best and what's not best. No, fair. Mm. So what happens to you with these multinationals and you're like, oh, yeah, they're stifling my innovation. I've got this endless budget, but I can't do what I want or oh. I don't get what I want. Like, what inspired you to suddenly, I'm, up, I'm on my own? Well, I... Um, First of all, from there I went into manufacturing, and okay. um, and I did some pretty hard yards there because, you know, we had about two hundred employees, and we were in the fashion business as well as manufacturing clothing. Okay, and okay. it was quite a different sort of um, uh, platform. Yeah. Uh, what kind of garments? Well, we did uh, schoolwear. Okay. Knitwear. Yeah, yeah. Schoolwear. We did uh, women's fashion. Oh yeah. And then we invented. Um, organic knitwear and possum knitwear. Mm. So we merged possum with merino wool, and we were pretty innovative. Um, we beautiful. were the first to do that, and we won some awards. Um, and it was all about you getting your hands dirty and going down to the factory shop floor and uh, helping out the team there, and and really just um, closing that gap between senior management, which half of them got the axe, um, Chinese were coming in with all this cheap yeah. wear and other, other clothing. And, you know, we had to put together seven or eight companies that were in receivership to try and make it work. You're living sort of day by day for cash. Yeah. And you're also having to keep the whole engine running. So that was a really interesting experience. Interesting. Sounds, how long was that interesting experience? It was four years. Oh, so, so we had two years of losses and then we had two years of profits. And that's when I went to the university AUT to, um, to have a rest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the professors that. Huh? No, I went to, yeah. So I went to go and do a PhD in small business survival. Mm. And, um, and I thought, well, I was going to get a rest as the head of planning and finance, but, um, no, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> Once again, you get another project in other areas and, it, and and roles change, you know. So I moved out of finance and into the international scene. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed the international scene. Yeah. Um, up until just recently with COVID coming, then that sort of died as well. 
yeah i have no doubt so you're you're potentially juggling a business as well as doing these traveling or when when it... yeah uh, well my theories were simple uh in the cloud support systems automate and outsource to um, where you can and um that was my theory and i was designing this waiting for technology to catch up technology has been catching up and really good systems uh zero and myob financial systems um uh, google google drive and uh onedrive you know sort of in the cloud systems mm. and uh, amazon web web services and so there's there's really good stuff out there but it's just using them in a simple way and making sure that they can be scalable yeah no good call so let's say you you, you build these systems you're waiting for the tech to come but it's always because there'll be people listening that are either just starting or thinking about it because they're they're in a multinational and they're not enjoying it. Or what what was it your experience when you finally thought I'm going to give it a whirl? Oh, uh, when you well, did I've, you have a business plan? Did you follow the advice of the accountant? Well, no. I first I started up this because I was overseas so much. About 15 years ago, I started up Bestex, and um, before that, I was just doing my own with my own investments. Um, you know my own tax, and I um and I really started that up because I had some really good friends. They had their own businesses. They were you know, and I never got to see them. So I said, okay, well I'll help you out because uh, when I'm back in the country, I'll get book times to see you, and we'll go through and I'll look after your finances. And then it evolved. Then it evolved. Hmm. Uh, we've never advertised before. Yeah. It's just word of mouth, and now we've got over six hundred clients just through word of mouth. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. Yeah, so so things evolve, and my passion was always to help the little guy. You know, uh, if you're in sports or whatever, if you're the underdog, yeah, you sort of edge them on or something, and and that's that's sort of where you sort of really want to want to help. And if you've got technical services that are strong, then um, you know, you can always contribute, and they're they're pretty thankful thankful for that. Oh, I imagine because that's that's the challenge. Is like so in my industry, if I was to target people that are on the smaller side, then it could come at a cost to the business, and then will I have enough time to service all of them? But then that's where's where the art comes in the information systems and yeah, and that's where you've got to try and work on that automation mm. um, to try and take those you know reoccurring tasks out of out of the pain points so that you can spend time advising and and if you're trying to build a team then like I said the outsourcing side of it is also a pretty pretty important which a lot of big firms do um, maybe with their telecommunications and that they outsource to India um, but the little guys don't have the resources to do that mm. so um, so how do you help the little guys in um, and really getting rid of that support baggage and allow them to focus uh, on what they know how to do their, their job the best, whether it be a hotel, whether it be a restaurant, whether it be a sparky or a builder. You know, they know their, their work. Let them focus on that, and that's pretty key. So I guess that's something that you embody for your organization as well because there'll be a combination of accountants and business owners listening to this. So like, how have you structured your business so that you can outsource or scale? Or... 
Like how many staff do you have? Yeah, so of? we've we've got uh, three staff over in Vietnam. Um, they're all chartered accountants, and I've got uh, one key partner, uh, Trevor, who's uh, ex KPMG, uh, very strong on systems and uh, and setting up uh, uh, information flows, so that when we finish. Uh, doing stuff during the day, then it gets handed over to them to mm. do to to work on while we're sleeping. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so he does some late nights. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that and also the design, uh, the design of your systems, and then the roles. So we've got three staff in Vietnam. We've got four staff, four and a half staff. Half, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're part, counting as part time, okay. Part time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a few people that I mentored that when we get overloaded with work, I say, Hey, can you help me? You know, our systems. Um, and I've got another business partner on the North Shore that we, hey, you know, if we need help or we want to get things done quickly, um, then they can step in anytime. Hmm. Uh, and having that resource is pretty important because you can't, you know, if everybody wants income tax straight away. Then you've got to you've got to satisfy them and, and meet their demands. Yeah. God. Are you do you become more selective with clients as you get more scalability? You know, like those people that pr- don't provide the information, or do you have like qualifiers? Um, I have, I don't get so much selective in that I cut them out. Okay, but the ones I want to spend time with, I get selected. Oh, okay. Selective, yeah. And that I want, you know, if if they need some real hard work at the beginning to design their systems and make it simple and follow this, if they don't want to, if they don't want to follow the simple way, and they still want to mix their personal with their business and make it spaghetti, um, then I just charge them more. Oh yeah, that's yeah. how you gauge it. Well, of course, you know, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, you no, explain fair. to them, hey, if you do it like this. Then, then we can cut the cost down. But if you're going to take a full day or two days for my staff to be working nonstop just to unravel the spaghetti, yeah, yeah, no. then why not just give them the warning? You know, it's like the written warning for an employee. <laughs> Do it the simple way, and that'll cut down your cost. Okay. If not, you're going to have to pay. So you, does that screen them out? Do they stay? What do they do? Well, generally, they they ninety five percent of them have followed that. Oh, yeah. You know, because they, of course they don't want to pay. Yeah. No. You know, and. Um, <laughs> no, not a business yeah, owner. Exactly. And, and so, um, yeah, so it's pretty important to um, to work with them on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all about coaching, training them, and making sure that they understand and know how to structure themselves and get set up. Fair. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to switch the camera over and ask you a question. So the audio uh, listeners won't actually notice any change, but. Um, what would you do? So if someone comes in and you sit down with them, is there a structure you go through and how you work out how you're going to help them? Or? Yeah, so always the very first side is uh, is understanding their business. So the first I get them to tell me a story. Okay. I say how you're structured, all right? How long have you been trading for? Are you new? Are you not new? And uh, And as they're telling me a story of how they're going about their business or their business plan, I'm actually drawing out on a one page a flowchart. 
a sort of a structural diagram of all the key areas, okay. and I, um, I create a piece of artwork actually. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's Mozart. a nice picture. Yeah, 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 because they take it away with them, yeah. um, and and so so I've got to watch my writing, but you know it's all it's all the facts on one page of what we need to start. Okay. That can help them often with their own side of things because I talk about um, how you structured, what are your plans for the future, what do you need to do. So then always on my beautiful artwork, I have two parts. A quote, which I always quote them for the year. This is how much it's going to cost you. And we just do things very simple, small, medium, large. Mm. right? And then, uh, and then I have a to-do list. And I usually end up with about five or six things that they've got to follow through on or we have to follow through on. Okay. So it holds us both both accountable to actually follow through and do that. And that that page is often the start of my team knowing exactly how to set up the client, what their what what their sort of boundaries are, what sort of industry they're in. And you know, that usually takes about an hour to an hour and a half of um, of interviewing. Same as you're doing with me. <laughs> Same concept. Yeah. i got to do a flow chart. Yeah, well, you know, we work it out. Because eh? <laughs> there's always a story, isn't there? Yeah, and if And as they say, a picture can be a thousand words, eh? No, it can. Mm. So that would help with your scalability too because if you're actually producing the, the plan and the concept to them while you're with them, is it and then the quotes just a quick auto generated based on the price like is it how you speed things up yeah and that's something that we're working at just to be um you know i usually do it on the computer or whether it's online or even if they are wanting to do it themselves we're we're working on on that for the future just to um be able to spend time with them and to give a little bit of advice we don't charge for advice Okay, and that's essentially that's where accountants and and financiers are heading. Is it's all about good advice so yeah. that they can plan, plan to you know have a bit of a crystal ball for the future. That makes sense. Like our, our, we have three points of potential revenue, but the first two are only if we think the client might not stick on. Mm. So a plan writing fee. Um, yep. Our our main goal is we want an ongoing fee of one percent and helping them. And then the second one is maybe an implementation fee, but that's really just okay. Are they going to stick? Are they? Greg says his clients you own and his clients you rent. It's a bit of a yeah. derogatory way to describe it, but it's um it's the concept like that. There are clients that may be transient, and there are clients that are going to stick it out. How do you how do you mitigate that? Do you have like a subscription only, service? Or? Yeah, so we only charge for compliance. So okay. when we do a GST return or we do an income tax return, it's very quantitative. It's due by the state. Yeah. Right. And uh, and we're we're trying to achieve that that sort of goal. Everything else is free, um, oh. unless there's project work. Okay. So it might be a um, software implementation or upgrade. Um, I want you to put zero in. Um, it might be, <clears throat> um, you know, some sort of special uh, projects that I've got to work work on with with a team of people to to design their websites and uh, and go through. So sometimes it goes out of uh, the exact accounting side into bookkeeping. So and and also advice and support consultancy. So we've got three types of revenue: compliance, which is typical accountant stuff, yeah. uh, bookkeeping. Okay. 
and uh, and advisory and consultancy, uh. right? And usually project work is in, in there. Um, with things like payroll, right? And if, if the companies are growing, we take over the payroll and uh, and that's that's sort of a different sort of income stream. But 95% of our income is just in compliance. Yeah, wow. Well, and you're done well. It sounds like there's some new artworks coming into the office <laughs> and you just kept your composure. So. Wow. Yeah, well, uh, art, you've got to appreciate art as well as the math. You yeah, know? yeah. And between, behind every piece of art is a bit of math. You know, you've you got to design it. You've got to, you know, know and make sure you're painting in your proportions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, no, it's a good call. I look at that from a marketing standpoint. It's like you have the content, which is the art and then the math. So there's the bottom line that, it is the bottom line. You can't discriminate against it. The stats are the stats. And then the artwork is the subjective thing. Yeah, and I think you need to design things in, an, in a very simple way so that not only is it compliant for the IRD, right, and the tax filing and all the rest, but also it's in a, it's in a you know, picture that is understandable for the client, mm. right? And if you can do that and they understand these are the rules, these are the way I do things and that, Keep it simple, and then uh, and and then they're doing most of the work for you. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, that, that's the mistake I think a lot of people uh, make is that they communicate in a way they understand. Mm. You know, they they do all written, but it might be a visual person. So that's a good point. It makes your job easier if you can make it more simplistic and user friendly for the client. That's absolutely right, and that, and that's the whole idea, because. No client that's trying to start up wants to get three or four grand worth of accounting bills. And uh, when they're only earning, you know, 30 or 40 grand, yeah. uh, you know, as a startup income and trying to build it, oh my God, no. You yeah. know, so you've got to work with them and grow with them in that sort of way too. And there's a bit of forward thinking in the consultancy side. Like, so we have a free consultation with how we do things and that's why I have to be somewhat selective and make sure that um, there's qualifications mm. or have to speed up the process is like yeah, you're saying, a yeah. bit of both. But it's the most enjoyable part. It is, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> you just sit there. You, yeah, the, we had a client, they invested $3 million and they were worried about that our morning tea wasn't good enough. And wow. that was us just hanging out and having coffee. Right. And then they were worried about how they're going to fund their retirement. We solved that problem then. Mm. It's cool. It is really cool. Hmm. Yeah, and so you know we're in sort of related industries. Yeah, and you know from what what goes for the from the history, then over here to the planning of the future, um, it's all about supporting you know people with their dreams and uh, making yeah. sure that hey let's enjoy the process of getting there. Well, it's the same. I think it's value based selling. You know, yeah. I mean, people don't like to call themselves salesmen, but if you had the cure for cancer, you start to sell it. That's right. People don't believe it. So I think. I think goals and values and what they're aiming to achieve, I think it lines with almost any process. You probably have a similar concept. We do, and they, and we have similar goals. So um, first of all, I just have a few KPIs, uh, just 100% accuracy, 100% delivery on time, and 100% happy customers. Yeah, it's a yeah. high bar. That's right? a, that's, they're the goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't always reach them, but those are the goals. Yeah. And in the at the end of the day, You've got to be able to offer a value-added product that is reasonable in in terms of pricing, you know. And um, and I sort of got pissed off. Oh, 
Can I say that? Yeah, you're free. Yeah, no, we're not on <laughs> TV, a, mate. You swear uh, all you want. I got a bit pissed off with um, you know all the big the big boys mm. charging huge overheads because they've got a huge building that they've got to just satisfy you know this much income, and things shouldn't work that way. No, it should be a bottom line benefit for the client. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we've we've done a, a solid good bit of time there. So, what would be one? How would people find you? Like, if there's a new accountant at some point, wants to work out and learn from you, or become someone that works with you, or I'm a business owner that wants a bit of guidance and support, how would they find you? And what would be your imparting remarks that you like people to remember from this podcast? Well, if any any of them want to have a chat, and I'm always open to talk talk to them, um, email or 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 text or phone um i like to just uh be in contact and um and arrange a time either to meet with them or or to will you give my details on here yeah yeah what i'll do is um i'll link i'll put some links in there most likely the linkedin website you're working on i think yeah so we've got a big project there i've taken down our website um which was quite a simple one to design something a little bit beefier yeah, yeah. and uh, be able to handle it. So once we get over this sort of next busy compliance period, then we'll spend three months working on this project. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, email's, email's cool. Just introduce yourself and, uh, and, and, and what you want to get out of it. And, uh, and my email address is peter.sumich at bestax.nz, cool. not .nz. And, um, yeah, any any time uh, for the other guys that are clients, just uh, yeah, it's a text or a telephone saying, "Hey, I I heard your podcast. I'd, <laughs> I'd love to to meet with you." And like I say, we don't charge for advice the same as you. It's really just about sit down and help the little guys. Cool. Hey, well said. So I'll put the email and your LinkedIn on there. Cool. And then um, they can search you up and your phone numbers and Google Maps. Thanks, Ryan. Eh? Yeah, no worries. Thanks yeah. for coming on. The I accountants enjoyed. are yeah. getting famous. <laughs> <laughs>